Welcome to the Podcasters Podcast, the show for podcasters by podcasters. In this show, I'm going to be giving you the tips, tricks, and anything else you need to get your podcast launched and keep it moving past the pod fade and into the stratosphere. Here we go. Hey everyone, Wayne here with the Podcasters Podcast. My guest today is Hunter Ferris from the Song Appeal Podcast, right? So Song Appeal, did I get that right? Yep. All right, perfect. So Song Appeal um, plays to a little bit of a different format. It's more of a narrative format, which I wanted to talk more about detail-wise because it's something that I actually enjoy listening to um, and it's very captivating. So I happen to be a kind of a music nerd slash buff. I've been listening for ever to all types of genres. I play multiple instruments. So it's something that is um, a little bit passionate to me. And when I heard the way that some of you are, or some of the ways that you're describing some of these songs and how they're built and constructed and what these parts are, um, I lit up like a Christmas tree. So I actually am subscribed to your show and I will continue to be a listener. (laughs) Um, But say hi to everybody and give us a little bit of background detail and kind of how you got started with podcasting. Hey guys, I'm Hunter Ferris. Um, Podcasting was honestly an accident. I was trying to make a YouTube series uh, with a, kind of like a video essay channel, the, the thing you might hear the nerd writer or lesson from the screenplay do. And then I realized video editing is a lot of work. Audio editing is hard enough, especially in song appeal. But video editing, oh, that would just make it a nightmare. So um, I just, I, I made it a podcast and realized that fit perfectly for the medium and for the format because it's about music. It needs to be an audio. It needs to be an audio only program. No, that totally makes sense. Um, so describe a little bit about some of the details. So it sounds like um, I know you have an interview in there. I haven't listened to that one just yet, but it sounds like you're really kind of dissecting a lot of the actual almost like music theory or psychology components behind pieces of the song. So you're talking about the bridge, um, you know, the melodies and harmonies and other things like that. But um, like, am I kind of on point here? Or is there something else that you're trying to dig into with it? So specifically, it's a podcast on the psychology of pop and soundtrack music, how linguistics, psychology, uh, how linguistics, rhetoric, music theory, sociology cause us to have psychological responses to certain music in ways that make us like the song more. Okay, awesome. Does that mean that you're going to have an episode at one day that kind of covers why Nickelback's music is so freaking catchy, yet everybody hates them? Maybe. Um, So the the part that bugs me is there are a lot of people who hate pop music. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this in the first place was to get people to to see that there's a good side to pop music. There's enough people complaining about and criticizing pop music that I I don't need to be that guy. Other people can do that for me. (laughs) No, I totally agree. I actually I'm one of the few uh, fans. I actually do appreciate the the songs and other things. And I'm not sure why they get so much flack. I guess it's outside of the the songs and how they are interpersonally. But um, no, for sure. That's uh, you're right. You know, you don't want to add more negativity to the space that's already there and actually like kind of just cover some of the niceness about a lot of these songs that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, honestly, well, 
I'm a, I'm a critical enough person in real life that I don't want to be a critical person on the podcast. I'm trying to get that out of me. And besides, um, let's say, for instance, I, I did a podcast episode on why people don't like such and such song. And it turned out to be your favorite song. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could argue all of these points. <laughs> now, if I had a pod, if I had a podcast episode on why a song is enjoyable, and it turned out to be a song you hate, you might get a better perspective on it. But the best I can do if I give you an episode on why we don't like a certain song is ruining your favorite song for you. And I don't to do that. There you go. All right, you don't want to be the bearer of bad news, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sure, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. So h- how did you fall into this? Because this is a little bit more technical than a lot of people do um, with any kind of audio review or song kind of review thing. Like you're really kind of digging into a lot of things that may or may not be thought of um, when someone's actually making the music, um, but end up actually being the result of the music itself when you know it's heard by people in mass. Um, so kind of how did you yeah. fall into that space? I'm, I'm assuming, I guess, psychology major or something like that. Um, I'm working toward commercial music okay yes i mean i'm inside the university's library right now um by the way commercial music is basically any kind of music you would get paid for right so music production music business uh singer songwriter film score composition that kind of stuff just people always ask what on earth is commercial music anyway so i took a psychology class when i was like 12 absolutely loved it remembered a lot of the stuff but mostly just loved it um I really like researching stuff. I just genuinely enjoy that. But on top of that, my full-time job is teaching people to play piano by ear. Okay. So I take music theory concepts and apply them to helping people to learn the songs they love. Eventually, after picking up years and years and years of really cool music theory, I realized nobody likes music theory. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to put a spin on music theory that shows how it's relevant, that shows how it's applicable, that shows how people, why people should like it. Right. But I'm guessing you're thinking a little more, a little bit more technically than that. Can can you like rephrase your question so I can make no, sure? No, actually, you're... no, actually, I think you hit it, and um, it's interesting because I wanted to uh, since you brought something up. So um, I showed you just a little bit ago guitar. Like I've that's the instrument I started with. So I really am passionate around string instruments in general. And what's funny is I'm I'm a huge fan of. Um, like Steve Vai and Joe Satriani and, and those guys that are kind of in that um, more advanced, like prog rock mix type of stuff. And okay. when you listen to these guys outside of their actual song playing and they're actually talking about it, you hear how well they understand the music theory. And so, you know, you'll listen to them play and you'll be like, oh man, I wish I could learn how to do this. And you try to pick up stuff by ear. These guys are insanely fast, like being able to play like 64th notes and things like that. Um, but then they're talking about, it's like, yeah, well, I was doing this and then I was playing on the B and then I decided, you know, I was kind of using the circle theory. And so I went here and then I did this instead. And I'm like, whoa, wait, you thought about that? Like, oh my God, <laughs> like, man, now I feel bad that I never really learned all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So it's actually it's actually a jealousy point for me because I've been playing. I, I actually pick up stuff by ear. And so I guess it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse. I can listen to something and know, hey, that's not right or that is. And I never really pushed myself to like learn how to read sheet music all the way um, or understand all the theory. So when I start hearing all these things, more of a scientific term, I get really energized by it because it's stuff that I kind of do know, but don't know. So I, I happen to be a fan and I appreciate it. So, <laughs> hey. 
Um, so uh, one of the things that I wanted to kind of cover while we have time here is your format. So you kind of have like more of a narrative storytelling format. Um, and so what I mean, I know you, because you, you mentioned some of your inspiration earlier. I haven't heard of anything, um, any of those shows. So I'm assuming they're like that. So I'm guessing is that what drove you to pick that format or was that just more of it made sense to tell the story this way when you're breaking down the songs? So I'm an analytical person. I'm going to be honest about it. That That's kind of how I think. Okay. Um, okay. This is the part where I start getting nerdy. I genuinely Do enjoy it. essays. Remember those essays you used to write in college and you hated writing? Okay. I genuinely enjoy writing those. And when one is really well written by somebody else, I love reading it. It's a, it's an enjoyable, it's a pleasurable experience. It's the, it's the kind of feeling most people get by watching their favorite movie. <laughs> and so I, I just wanted to write a really good essay. Okay. The problem is that essay needed to have music in it because you can't talk about music and not show the music. Otherwise, people have no idea what you're talking about. No, it makes perfect sense. So um, half of the what looks like a narrative format is really just a five paragraph essay in disguise like you might have written in college. Like it has a cold open, it has a title sequence, and then it's just a normal five paragraph essay with a little end tag. Okay. All right. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, where do you get your music pieces from? So, like, I noticed when you were breaking down a lot of the songs, you had, like, um, for your Fallout Boy episode, which I think was your first issue or episode, um, you know, you had his vocals completely isolated from nothing else. And, you know, and then you had some of the music beats that had no vocals on it, almost like they had access to the original tracks. Um, now, how did you, you get a hold of that kind of stuff? YouTube. <laughs> all right there's a perfect resource for you <laughs> i heard sugar were going down a uh, instrumental and found one that was called official instrumental and went with it i don't like karaoke tracks but if i have to use a karaoke track then i will and i'll edit out the background vocals okay. just by cutting and cutting and then taking out the snippet of the background vocals nice. and replacing them the spot all right I did that in the episode on just the girl by the click five and stacy's mom by fountains of wayne Okay, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I know both of those songs really well, so it's on the list for sure. <laughs> so, um, all right, so awesome. So, okay, so ironically enough, I'm going to kind of analyze this a little bit, just like you do the songs. So, one of the things that you uh, mentioned with the Fallout Boy episode, or I keep saying episode, yeah, is it an episode? Um, so, yeah, so with the Fallout Boy episode, you're you're talking about the pattern of the one, two, three, and it's basically the scale pattern that's out there. And so you're like, did he really think about this? I don't know because he kind of wrote it in ten minutes. You're sort of doing the same thing with kind of how you're podcasting because you're like, I just went to YouTube and yeah, I just kind of threw this together and this is what I got. But you ended up. <laughs> with a product that like i said earlier when we were talking it's very um npr-ish like there, it reminds me a lot of how i built this from guy Raz. um and like i love his show he interviews you know entrepreneurs and other business people and they really go back to like how did we start starbucks or how did we start you know spanx or something like that and his format is kind of similar where he's talking and interviewing but kind of in a story mode and it breaks it down and you just ended up with that <laughs> I mean, I kind of just, I wanted to take advantage of the medium of a podcast. Right. It's a serialized audio only program. So I wanted to make sure to have as much audio as possible in ways that would help with the rhetoric of it. I mean, my brother's a soundtrack nerd. My friends are film score composers and filmmakers and stuff like that. I didn't know how to make a podcast that didn't have a score in the background. <laughs> podcasts were. 
no, that makes total perfect sense. Then you're you're in the thick of so much um, environment that kind of supports it. It that makes perfect sense. Um, so, what kind of um, equipment choices did you do? I mean, since you have so many people that are kind of around that, did you end up with kind of higher end quality stuff, or did you just go like pick something up off the shelf or from Amazon? Okay, let's do another one of those times where I say something happened completely by accident. <laughs> I just <laughs> happened to have a studio. <laughs> no, seriously, the university I'm studying at has a random sound booth in the top floor of the library. Now that actually, so that's not surprising to me. So I do a lot of podcast production and one of my clients, um, she lives in Chattanooga and in the public library, they have a recording studio. <laughs> and so she just schedules time and then, you know, she'll block out two or three hours in the recording studio and she'll do four five, six episodes of her podcast and then just send it to me. So it's just her on a mic. <laughs> I so like I wish I could answer that question. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go ask the people in the library. What is the equipment? Because people keep asking me that question of what equipment you use. And I keep not having an answer. So it's a it's a common question for a lot of podcasters because there's so many here's the choice. You can get the $60 microphone, the $350 microphone, pick one. And then a new podcaster is like, well, well, why should I pick one versus the other? What do I do? And no one answers that question. Um, and so I think that's why a lot of people ask it. And that's actually, like I said, that's kind of the premise of my entire like mission is like, let's just make the decisions, make the choices and just get launched because you're very much, um, it's almost like kind of like guerrilla marketing hacker mindset. You're just throwing stuff together to get your, your message out. Um, you happen to be doing it really well. Um, and the quality is awesome, which is great. Um, and a lot of these are like, this just happens to be what I have. Here's the studio. I'm just taking action and I'm going, you know, you're not fretting over all of the little technical details. Yeah. One day I'll buy a mic and I'll set up the mixer board and stuff like that. But that's after I'm making money on the podcast. I can't <laughs> put a $200 mic right now. That's true. Well, you can always go for the 40 dollar mic like what i'm on which still sounds great um yeah so this is oh go ahead right for the listeners i'm on a samsung galaxy s5 (laughs) my hand there is no quality of microphone right now that is true i'm not going to complain about it though because like i said i'm excited to talk to you and so this is a good conversation um but yeah so podcast interviews in the future get in front of that microphone (laughs) (laughs) so um all right so now you just said you know you're going to hold off on going for equipment and other things until you're kind of making money on it do you have you thought about a plan around like kind of next steps for you like how do you monetize this etc are you really just still trying to get together all the foundations of your episodes and just kind of get your feet on the floor and moving. Um, step one is making sure the podcast is big enough that people want to support it. But I have a Patreon. I have a Patreon page. Other than that, I haven't thought, I don't know what else people do for monetization on podcasts. Okay. I know people do ads, but like when an episode is getting 20, 30 listens on its first week or so, mm-hmm. and isn't really relevant yet. No, not at all. Actually, so that's that's one of the big uh, misnomers is a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just start the show and we'll pick up a commercial and we'll kind of go. Uh, unfortunately, so like I actually really like the show Alex Inc., which is kind of like the story of the um, um, how um, what's his name? Ginsburg started. Uh, oh, I just forgot a Gimlet radio. Um, so it's kind of the story of that. And in the very first episode, it's like, oh, well, let's just go ahead and, you know, score commercial advertisers and get like startup VC funding and stuff like that. And so it's it's not really realistic for someone just starting a podcast that way. Um, 
advertisers usually aren't interested in you until you're about 10,000 downloads, you know, an episode kind of scenario. So uh, if you're not getting numbers that are up in the several thousands, they're not even going to have a conversation with you. <laughs> so monetization at that point is what you're doing. Patreon accounts, Kickstarters for products, um, you know, things along those lines, um, donations, or you're funneling another business. So if there's something else that you were doing, um, you know, writing music, recording music, something like that, and then this was kind of an avenue to, to lead that way, then that does help sometimes. But unfortunately, that's the space we're in right now. Well, um, you were asking about goals and monetization and stuff like that. Two things that I'm considering for when the podcast is big enough to have a fan base. I would want this. Um, I'm considering setting up a songwriter's workshop based okay. on the principle of song appeal. A lot of songwriters workshops are, um, all right, let's write the music first. All right, let's, let's write the lyrics first or uh, do things by inspiration, do things from the heart, make sure you're emotionally vulnerable. I think those things are all very well and good. I want to dive a little deeper. I want right. to say here's exactly what you're doing and here's exactly the effect. And so if you want this effect, do this. Nice. Okay. No, actually, um, I'd be interested in that if it was virtual. <laughs> so I don't think we're anywhere near each other. But I have, um, it's funny, I took a music class in college, and the teacher didn't have any books. And he said, at the end of the course, you will have written all the sheet music and instructions. And you basically, your final project is writing the, the books for this class. And so a lot of it was verbal. And at the end of it, he, he ended up teaching us how to write um, four part vocal harmony. And he gave us rules of like how you handle these. Like if you start doing a melody this way, you know, these two voices can only be these certain notes apart. And you have to like, he gave us like a math formula basically. And so as you're writing it, like you write one out and you pick all these notes and you say, okay, this sounds great. And then you say, okay, now I'm going to go over with this next line. Okay. Keep with the rule. I can't do this. I have to do this way. I can't make sure I cross the staff, all this other stuff. And so you end up writing based off the rules, how all of the harmonies fall into play with this, like basically an algorithm. And I was like, this is really awesome. <laughs> now there's, there's a weird side of song appeal about that. Um, so I mentioned that a lot of people don't like music theory and I found it's basically for two reasons. One, well, three reasons. One, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Theory is weird. Sometimes that I, is true. Music I say this stuff makes perfect sense. It is written to make sense to me. <laughs> right. It makes sense to most people. Um, two, Best, I guess the best way I can describe this is one person described it on Facebook as I don't need to hear somebody from the 1700s telling me what kind of music I should like. Mm, okay. People sometimes take music theory as I'm supposed to like this because the rules say I should. Mm. So I'm taking it exactly the opposite direction and saying not you're supposed to like this. The reason you already like this song that you already like is because science and right. because music theory. <laughs> On the other side, people say, I don't want rules telling me what I should write. I want to just write whatever I want. So I say, great, here's how to write whatever you want. If you want this effect, here's a great way to do it. Pretty soon I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be driving that point home by doing episodes one back to back that are complete opposites of each other. Nice. I'm planning on an episode about a music theory concept called hypermeasures and what happens if you use them. And then next week's will be what happens if you don't use them. And both of them have really good effects. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Here's the effect. There you go. Oh, man, that's great. Well, like I said, I'm subscribed. Like as soon as I started listening, I'm like, yep, no, done. I actually hit that. There's not very many podcasts I actually listen to. So you're on the list. So keep the show going for sure. Um, you just released episode six. How many do you already have like pre-recorded kind of like ready to go? 
ready to go? None. I am in the middle of editing the episode that's supposed to come out in five minutes. Oh, uh, oh man, oh, I'm screwing with your time. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, I'm going to be releasing it a, like a little later on today. Still, um, how many episodes do I have planned out? Like 24 or so? Okay. I keep random bits of music theory that I think, I want to do an episode on that. And so I just write it down and take a note or two, but I've got like 24-ish of those planned out. Nice. And actually written? No, I write them the week of. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I get it, I get it. You're still in school, right? So... Yeah, I'm taking a semester off to focus on podcasting and on work. Okay. Which is turning out to be a lot more educational than I expected. <laughs> it is. It's one of the reasons I didn't necessarily pursue all of my uh, my college endeavors. I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I got bills to pay, and I already know how to program, and so I'm going that route. So. <laughs> yep, I can imagine. So there you go. So that's how that worked. But um, all right, so we're coming close to time. Um, so I want to I want to be respectful of that time. You got to get that episode out because I'm kind of anxious to hear it now. So <laughs> I'll see what that one is on. Um, so how can people get a hold of you or find out more about you if they uh, want to hear about this, um, dig more into the music theory and kind of understand what's going on? So like, are you looking for socials? Are you looking for website? Are you looking for the name of the, for where to find the podcast? I want to make sure to give you guys what you're looking for. I don't want to overload you with links. So probably your website and any kind of social media where someone can get a hold of you easily. Awesome. I mean, song appeal, you can find it on any podcasting system you like, but um, the website is songappealofficial.com. And then you can find me on, you can connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at song appeal on Facebook at facebook.com slash song appeal. If you really want, you can like email me at song appeal at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to talk with you. I love talking about this stuff. Nice. Now it's so awesome. Um, all right. So great. So like I said, I am going to continue to be a fan and we're going to set up more than one um, talk, even if it becomes an episode or not, because I'm super interested in this stuff. So um, you're going to be a friend for a while. <laughs> for sure um so i've had a uh, an awesome conversation with you hunter so um is there anything else that you want to kind of leave us with before you go um i guess if we're talking podcasters one thing that i keep thinking about this podcast is content is king and presentation is queen everything else is the subject <laughs> nice content is king presentation is queen i like that that's my motto about this podcast at least other people their podcasts will need different formats i just really enjoy this format a lot of work but it's so worth it yeah definitely for sure and um i want i would love to in a, in a later episode um or just in general i'd like to talk about your workflow like how you're editing it what you're doing other things um and just like you know you and i can just talk more on a technical level about that and if it turns into an episode awesome um i might be able to see if i can possibly help you out with that because i've been doing audio engineering for years and i cut through a lot of this stuff pretty quick but it also is you know 15 20 years of experience so um but who knows i mean maybe there might be a way to kind of help speed up some of that stuff so it's not as tedious for you well thank you so um all right so again hunter it's been great talking to you and then uh we're gonna uh, we're gonna call it a day for right now but uh, we'll definitely hear from you again later thanks so much wayne have a wonderful day all right you too bye all right bye Thanks for listening to the Podcasters Podcast. Hopefully this episode inspired you to think about starting your own podcast. The Podcasters Podcast is brought to you by WCR Studios. Head on over to WCRstudios.com for any of your podcast production needs. 
check out the Podcasters Podcast Facebook group, as well as hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Just take a look for the Podcasters Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next episode.